You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Bruce's basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. Why are we laughing <laughs> I know, already? Because <laughs> I, I know how to say Bruce's basket. Everything's fine. <laughs> also, it's me. What can I say? <laughs> it's, it's not a funny episode. It's not. <laughs> it won't be. It'll be fine later. But the for the most part, it won't be. <laughs> There's going to be drama and suspense, <laughs> abuse, etc. It's going to be great. I hope yeah. everybody's ready. <laughs> hope you're not not listening to this on the bus. <laughs> Get ready to cry a little in public. I mean, <laughs> we're doing our discussion of chapters 84 to 86 today. So also we get an extra chapter today, which is exciting. Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and the next time there'll be one, not bonus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, does it count as a bonus if we took it from the next episode? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. It's fine. But... It'll be great today. So, I don't know. Whatever. Let's get started. I don't have any announcements. <laughs> Is there anything pressing that you want to discuss? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, good. Well, we're going to do our summary in the discussion, spoiler discussion, like we do every single time. So, let us do. Actually, before before that, there's a... um <laughs> In the... In the Tokyo Pop version, there's a sketch at the beginning of the chapter with Kahiru saying, Let the somber tale begin, and Yuki's like, please don't call my life somber, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have put it better myself, Kahiru. <laughs> 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 chapter 84 opens with Yuki's narration. When I was very small, my world consisted of Kido, my mother, and whatever scenery I could see behind sliding doors. Those things and nothing else. At the main house, Yuki's mother brings him to Akito as a young child. The one maid who's always there says that <laughs> the birth of a child possessed by the rat is cause for great celebration. Akito-san goes without saying, she says, but I'm sure that the deceased former head of the family is also pleased. Yuki's mother worries that he's too sickly to be a good companion for Akito, and baby Yuki coughs. The maid says that there's no need to worry. There's a bond between God and the members of the Zodiac that can't be expressed in words. And they arrive at Akito's room. Yuki's mother tells him not to cough in front of the family head, and they slide open the door to find Akito reading. Akito looks over at Yuki and smiles, and Yuki suddenly starts to cry. This is tiny baby Akito, by the way. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't specify. <laughs> I specified baby Yuki and baby Akito. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of this chapter is baby Yuki and baby Akito. 90% of this is baby Yuki and baby Akito. <laughs> Yuki's mother tells him to stop crying, and the maid says it's all right. All the other older Junishi cried as well. What else could one call it but a bond? like an unbreakable karmic link. It wasn't up to me, Yuki narrates. In the unknown depths of my heart, something cried out. I wanted to see him. I didn't want to see him. I wanted to hold him close and yet run away. Loved and hated. Akito hugs baby Yuki and says, We meet at last, my vengeful little Yuki. Yuki narrates that his earliest memories are with Akito, and we see a memory of them, like, hanging out, I guess, reading together. (laughs) I don't know if it's hanging out when you're with Akito, but that's what <laughs> two normal kids would be doing. So, <laughs> Akito says that the rat of the Zodiac is the one closest to God. You're special like me, he says. Yuki narrates that he was very young and tended to believe what he was told. Akito had a bad temper, which is illustrated by him getting pissed off about Yuki coughing in another memory that we see later. But different than the way he is now, Yuki narrates. He even remembers him crying. I saw him with Shigure a few times, Yuki remembers. And remembers Tina Shigure kind of holding Akito, cradling him. Shigure was watching him to sleep. Something sad, maybe, or frightening, Yuki narrates. It happened suddenly. One day, Akito lost it. 
In Akito's room in another memory of Yuki's, Akito smears black paint across the walls, frantically. My world is a black place, Yuki. I have to make my room match. And you, Yuki? You're pitch black, too. We're always together, so you have to be black, too. We have to be the same, right? Suddenly, Akito's eyes look empty with fear. No, he says. We can't be the same. That would make me unnecessary. But I'm chosen. I'm needed. I'm here because I have to be. I'm not the same as you. Akito drops the paint, snaps the brush, and looks back at Yuki, enraged. You're just my toy. Your mother gave you to me. <laughs> That's as good as getting abandoned. Yuki's eyes widen, and he remembers asking his mother on the day that he was taken to Akito when he would get to go home. Soon, she says. Don't you get it? Everyone hates the rat, stupid, Akito says, shoving Yuki down and pointing at him on the floor. Nobody cares about you. You need me. If I don't care about you, then there'd be no reason for you to be alive. We transition to another memory at the New Year's banquet. Yuki wonders how long it was that his mother didn't come. He realized that he'd never spoken to the other Junishi as well, not even to, as he says, the boy that was my brother. And he remembers Akito's words, you've been abandoned. Everyone hates the rat, stupid. Yuki overhears some of the maids talking. The boy, possessed by the cat, it turns out, has been outside, making angry faces. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose he's bitter about being left out, one says. <laughs> Yuki had never met Kyo before, so he sneaks out and peeks out of the gate and finds Kyo outside in the snow. They make eye contact. Yuki thinks that his hair is pretty, but Kyo looks angry. Um, baby Yuki says, smiling. You, baby Kyo says. You're the rat. Yuki says, oh, um, yes. I'll never forgive you, do you hear me? I'll never forgive you. It's all your fault. Everything's your fault. It's all because you exist. Someone as rotten as you ought to do us all a favor and just disappear, baby Kyo says, and then runs off. Yuki is, understandably, upset. He goes to find his mother, crying, and she slaps him across the face. <laughs> Where on earth have you been? Hurry back and go back to the head of the family. I refuse to be humiliated for something so insignificant, she says. Again, he remembers Akito's words. Everyone hates the rat. Nobody cares about you. Later, Akito reminds Yuki that his, the world is black, just like he is. There are no possibilities, no hopes. You'll live on a pitch-black path. Don't misunderstand and think that one day you'll be saved. Yuki narrates that Akito made him listen to those terrible words every day. Before I knew it, he thinks, they started to seem like the truth. Even if I reach out my hand, he says, and he remembers when he tried to reach out to Ayame, who shrugged him off. I was afraid. I didn't want them to look at me with eyes of indifference or hate. Yuki overhears another conversation in the house. His parents are living it up, apparently. They have special status because they're parents of the rat, socially within the family and financially. They sold their child to the head of the family. As flattery, they really covered their bases. Well, it's practically human sacrifice. I sure couldn't do it, they say. Yuki lowers his head. He narrates that he couldn't expect anyone to come for him, especially not his parents, who were winners, quote-unquote, in the eyes of the family. In another memory, Yuki's being taken to school with his mother in the car, and the driver asks how he's enjoying elementary school. Yuki doesn't respond. His mother worries that Yuki doesn't think for himself, which is a shame considering that he's in a better school than the other Junishi. Yuki looks out of the window and he sees Momiji, Kyo, Haru, and Kagura meeting to walk to school together, and Yuki's mom tells him to sit back down. Yuki narrates that elementary school is painful. He mostly avoided interacting with anyone. Honestly, I didn't know how to interact with anyone. I didn't want to be hated anymore, he thinks. Some kids pass him in the hallway and invite him to play soccer. You gotta be bored being alone all the time, one says. Yuki hesitates. Come on, what's wrong? Let's be friends, one of the kids says. Friends? Baby Yuki asks, and the other boys are like, sure. Friends, he thinks with a bright smile as they play together. Friends, it was the first time. I was happy. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was so happy. And I got carried away. 
Some of Yuki's new friends were other Soma children, and so they all decide to go explore the inside together, and they climb through the secret entrance that I guess has been there since Yuki was a child to play <laughs> inside. <laughs> Someone's gotta fix that wall. I know, what the fuck? There's like children sneaking in all over the place. <laughs> like rats, wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Only some of them. <laughs> I got carried away, Yuki thinks. I completely forgot to be careful with girls. And Yuki runs into one of the girls and transforms into a baby rat. The incident was a scandal, he narrates. And as we know from earlier in the story, all of his friend's memories were suppressed. In his memory, Akito reminds him, You're a boy that turns into a rat. Of course it's weird. It's disgusting to normal people. They'll all leave you, Yuki. Didn't I tell you? You're misunderstanding. Yuki remembers going to Hattori and crying, begging him not to erase the memories of his first friends. Afterwards, at school, the same two boys pass him and ignore him completely. Yuki remembers when they reached out to him. After school that day, baby Yuki walks home, and a strong wind blows a hat down in front of him, <laughs> faithfully. <laughs> From around the corner comes baby Kyo, and Yuki is surprised and offers to give him the hat back. Kyo becomes angry and just simply stomps off, and Yuki is left holding the hat. There was something that I wanted, he narrates, imagining the Junishi and his, his friends from school. Loving parents, a home that no one would ever want to leave, a happy home, a warm place with everyone smiling at me. That was all I wanted, and nothing else. He holds the hat to his chest and sobs. That's the end of chapter 85. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> so chapter 85 opens with a later time. Yuki's very sick as a little child. Apparently he has to sit up and cough, and a doctor is there seeing him. Akito asks if it's alright if he can go talk to Yuki, and the maid, the same maid, says it's very kind of Akito to go and do that, and Akito says that he'll let them know if anything changes. At Yuki's bedside, however, Akito asks, are you gonna die, Yuki? And Yuki simply coughs. You're so boring, Akito adds. I'm not sure what was weakening, Yuki narrates, my body or my heart. Outside in the hall, Yuki hears the maids talking. Apparently his parents won't be coming to see him since they're on a trip. What about Ayame-san, one asks, and the other says, he just brushed me off. But that's his baby brother, the other says. Akito, who's still in the room, juggles those like bean bags. Earlier in the scene, earlier in the scenes with Akito, there are these like toys that look like little bean bags or something, little like ball things. Akito juggles them. A few years ago, did you hear? Akito says, "The mother of Kyo, the cat, she killed herself. All the talk is that she died in an accident, but it was suicide. She left a will, if you can call it that. Something like being with him became too painful. Maybe if he'd been born as the rat, things would have been a little happier. Something like that." Akito says that Kyo has a grudge against Yuki. You know what he said at the funeral? I'll kill Yuki, then I'll die myself. He yelled that at his own father. Yuki remembers Kyo yelling that everything was his fault at him when they met. Akito adds that Haru hates him too. It's the rat's fault that he's a laughingstock. Wow, Akito says, smiling slyly. You sure are hated, Yuki. Akito places one of the beanbags in Yuki's hand, and Yuki lets it fall away. Remembering Kyo's words, someone like you ought to do us all a favor. Yuki wakes early in the morning, Kido is gone, and he's no longer coughing. The dawn, even it began to seem dark and gloomy, Yuki narrates. And he gets up in his room and digs around in his closet and finds Kyo's hat. Baby Yuki thinks in his memory that he needs to give it back, but Kyo won't ever take it. He remembers Kyo's angry face and wonders, I don't know his sadness, I don't know anything. If I really did disappear from this world, would even a little of his sadness disappear? Yuki tries on the hat and holds up a small mirror and thinks it doesn't suit him. Maybe disappearing is the first truly useful thing I can do. If my dark, useless world is such a hated place, 
then there really is no point to my existence. He remembers Akito's words. Well, Yuki, are you going to die? Yuki clutches the mirror and cracks it, and he quickly changes to go outside, wearing the hat and grabbing shoes. Something burst then, he narrates. Something deep in my heart. I couldn't think straight. I just wanted to move, to run. Maybe I wanted to hurt myself, or maybe I wanted to feel better. I was bad at giving up. That was probably it. Yuki sneaks outside of the Soma estate. I guess through the hole? <laughs> we'll never know. And <laughs> <laughs> runs down the mostly empty streets. He gets lost along the way, but then he finds a woman. Our beloved Kyoko, screaming at the police. <laughs> they try to tell her to calm down. Keep it down? How can I keep it down when my daughter's missing? Get off my back and find my baby! Well, uh, we'll need that description again, one of the cops says. I told you already! She's an adorable girl with an adorable voice, an adorable face, wearing adorable clothes with an adorable pom-pom in her hair! Got it? And the cop is like, uh, I'm afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> What'll I do, Kyoko says. If anything happens to her, I'll, I'll, I'll rain death down upon your miserable cursed souls. <laughs> Baby Yuki thinks she's so scary. <laughs> but there are mothers who really care about their children that much. And Yuki also vaguely remembers seeing a girl like that. He runs back and finds baby Toru, sitting in a small alley and crying. Toru sees him. Yuki turns back to run back and tell uh, her mother that he knows where she is. But then baby Toru Toru ends up following him, much to his surprise. He worries about her getting too close, but then baby Toru falls. She gets back, back up and starts following after him again, so he starts to run again. Right now, he thinks, she's counting on me. She's entrusting me with everything. She wants to find her way again, and so she's counting on me. Me. This girl needs me. He leads her back to her house. Look, you made it, he thinks, smiling at her. Good work. He puts the hat on her head, and then runs away around a corner. Baby Toru looks up and sees her mom on the balcony and calls for her, and Kyoko rushes down, and Yuki, who is transformed into a rat, around the corner watches as they reunite with a teary hug. I'm so happy, he thinks. Was I able to help, even just a little? That makes me so happy. I'm so happy, he thinks, and he cries. That's right, I remember. There was even a moment when somebody needed me. No one else remembers. Even if you forget yourself, the moment still happened. I know that I did it. Yuki returns to the main house, sweating, and the maid sass him, and Akito looks annoyed. So he turns into the present, Yuki narrates, It's true, this world isn't enveloped in light, and yet, there's more to it than that. The world is more than darkness. It isn't only black. At school where we left off last episode, Yuki sits with Kakeru outside, and Kakeru asks him what's so painful and pathetic. You've been spacing out for a while, he says. You don't want to hurl again, do you? <laughs> Yuki tells him that he was thinking about his childhood. It's not a pleasant memory, he says. I lived an isolated life. My own family abandoned me. It was around that time that I met Honda-san. It was only once when we were small, and I never learned her name. When I met her again, I didn't recognize her. Yuki looks up and says, I wanted to try my best. I knew there was darkness in the world, and I wanted to try to live the best life I could. As a child, I failed in that respect. Over time, I grew weak. He thinks, my heart grew weak, the darkness vast and stifling, and he thinks of Akito. In the end, it even twisted me. I should have understood that. I'm an idiot, Yuki says, looking down, hand covering his head. He remembers being alone in his room as a child, seeing Kyo with the other Junishi, and then fighting later in school, and he thinks, hope, it turned to despair. An aspiration had turned to jealousy. I wanted to be loved. I wanted him to be my friend. That was all, you know? And yet, in the end, I just closed up inside my shell. I rejected the world and protected myself, Yuki thinks. Despite all that, he says, she returned to my life. She came back to me. He remembers passing Toru on their first day at high school, meeting at their house in the woods by chance, and helping him protect his garden. 
She stayed by my side. She didn't mind being with me. She listened to what I had to say and never got fed up or complained, he says, and he looks up at the sky. He remembers holding Toro's hand and thinks, that beloved human being liked the sky, both near and far. Again and again, she accepted me, he says, like a real mother would. And then we go to chapter 86. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 86 opens with Yuki's memories again. So finding Toru in her tent at the beginning of the series, telling her not to worry about the quote-unquote rules of Shigeru's house that don't exist. (laughs) It's like, don't break that. Never Never mind. mind. (laughs) You broke the one rule. (laughs) Just don't touch anybody. (laughs) Yuki narrates, I wasn't really conscious of her at first. Just a classmate, an odd girl who lived in a tent. I don't think that I invited her into our house because she needed it. I was probably rebelling against the family or the curse. But I remember what she said. She was very clear, very direct, and he remembers when she turned him into a rat accidentally, later in the day after finding out about the curse. Toru kneels on the floor at school and asks him, Please, if my memories are erased, will you still be my friend? In the present, Kakiru speaks, A mother? Like a mother would? That's a... Hmm. You lost me. But hey, you want my mom? You can have her. (laughs) Yuki chuckles and explains that he really wanted that. He ached for it. The kind of parental love that he'd never known. That's why it made me so happy, he says, and he remembers Toru helping him and Kisa. She listened to everything I could think to complain about, he says to Kakiru, who listens intently. She accepted me completely, but at the same time, she didn't deny that other people are as weak as me. That made me so happy. It made me feel at peace, you know? Yuki thinks, like a sleeping child, going to bed filled with kindness, still showered with unconditional love. There was a place where I could surrender my mind and body, a place where I could give up and act like a little boy. Rin? Rin can understand that. I was looking for a mother, he says again. I needed a mother's love. Before I knew it, I found it in Honda-san. Even though she's a girl you can be attracted to, Kakiru asks, and Yuki says yes, and he remembers back to the night that Kyo's true form was revealed to Toru. I feel like for some reason I realized the night that Kyo transformed, he thinks, remembering her running into the woods after Kyo. I noticed something as she ran after him. She had the form of a real woman. I wonder, why did I see her that way? Why was I struck so intently by, intensely by that? Well, Yuki says to Kakeru, before she was someone of the opposite sex, she was more like a mother to me. And that's what I'd been looking for. He thinks, I just wanted to be childish in a place where I was comfortable. But I panicked, Yuki says. When I realized that I was thinking of her that way, I got confused. Really confused, actually. The whole thing was embarrassing and I didn't want to admit it. I pretended not to realize it first. I put a lid on my feelings. I told myself that it wasn't like that. I tried to talk to her like boys do to girls, he says remembering some times that he tried to be flirty with Toru. <laughs> but I was wrong. That's not the way it is with us. Kakeru asks if that's really such a bad thing, and then goes to play with a soccer ball that some other kids have left out. <laughs> not that I completely get it, but I heard lots of people look for moms and their girlfriends. Quit arguing with yourself, Yuki. It's just as bad as giving up. What's that guy's name? Kyo? Anyway, it sounds to me like you think you can't compete with him. The ball rolls to Yuki's feet, and he says, that's not it, with a kind smile. It's true that I wanted to be like him, and he certainly sees her as a woman. You can see it in his eyes, Yuki thinks, and in her eyes, too. She only directs that at him. Believe me, that's not the reason, Yuki says. Whether I'm a match for him or not, whether it's good or bad, or right or wrong, I don't care about that. He kicks the ball at Kakeru, who oofs (laughs) as it hits him in the chest. Maybe some couples do feel that way, Yuki says. Well, fine. I don't care about that. It's just, I don't like it. It's so, it's so damn lonely, he says, and he starts to cry. Yuki thinks, even I want someone who lives on my level. I want to need someone and be needed in return. I don't want to just sleep. I don't want to just receive. I want to give something that only I can give. 
I want to find it, he tells Kakaru, by my own strength. Fueled by the many kindnesses and warmth that you gave me, he thinks, thinking of Toru, smiling kindly at him. I want to start walking again. I don't want to lose to the darkness. I want to go forward to believe. This time, I want to find my own proof, my own proof that I'm alive. And he remembers Haru asking if he's leaving the nest. Yuki wipes away tears and says that he's not giving up. He's bad at giving up, actually. He's a greedy human being. It's pretty rare, you know, Kakiru says. Not many people are so desperate about living, and they share a serious look. Don't cry, Yunyun, he shouts, throwing the soccer ball at Yuki's face, and Yuki's like, that's hurt. I don't appreciate the sudden threat of a nosebleed, and he throws it right back at Kakiru, who shouts, hey, I'm just trying to cheer you up, and if you ever get a nosebleed, I'll use my cell phone to show everyone, you stink, and Yuki's like, your cell phone doesn't even have a camera, you stink, and Kakiru <laughs> kicks the ball back to Yuki, and he's like, well, give me your phone then, and Yuki's like, oh, sorry, it's in my bag at the moment, and then Kakiru sasses him for not carrying it around at all times, and then Kimi suddenly shows up and punches Kakiru in the gut. <laughs> You're so violent, Kakiru, leave Yuki's face alone, she says, while, he- <laughs> while Kakiru huddles on the ground. <laughs> Yuki thanks her and asks if she came to check on him, and she says she did. Kakiru's like, doesn't my lying here, I don't know, bother anyone? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm bothered about Union, Kimi says, and Kakiru's like, of course you are. She asks how Yuki's feeling, and he says he's relieved, and Kimi's like, is it because you puked? And Kakiru says, do you now? Good, as he finally is able to sit up. Yuki thinks, is it because I told someone? Those were all secrets until now. Is it because someone in a completely different world than me actually listened to me? Or maybe it's because he's actually really nice. As they walk back inside, Kimi says, You're keeping a secret from Kimi. What was it that you two were talking about? And a ghosty panel <laughs> follows, showing Yuki and Kakiru being like, Ugh, something painful. No way, something totally indecent? Kimi asks with a scandalized <laughs> excitement, and Yuki is like, Why does it always come back to that? And Kakiru adds, We have dirty hands. <laughs> inside this goal, Kakiru asks if Yuki has told Toru any of the stuff that he told him. And Yuki says no. He doesn't want to trouble her with it right now, and he worries that his feelings might be too much for her to handle. Man, Yuki, Kakiru says, you really are a good guy, and he smiles. <laughs> Yuki looks a little, like, annoyed <laughs> or something. Hold on a sec, Kakiru adds, but it's okay to give me trouble? And Yuki's like, am I troubling you? Kakiru contemplates this and then flops on the floor and whines that it's a massive trouble, the burden of all burdens. I'll have nightmares for sure, he says, and I may never have the will to eat again. Too bad, Yuki grimaces, and Kimi is like, let's ditch him. <laughs> Yuki thinks, I'll be able to tell her someday, I'm sure of it. At home, Toru's freaking out to Shigure on the kitchen floor. What do I do? I have the script. I have a mountain of lines. What if I forget and ruin the play for everyone? And Shigure's like, ooh, play, let me see. And he takes the script from her. Cinderella, huh? Wait, Kyokun is Prince Charming? You've got to be kidding me. I'd pay money to see that. Where'd I leave the camcorder? Toru, Kyo says, arriving suddenly, and she's like, yes? Don't tell him information he doesn't need to know, Kyo says, and Shigure, who is armed with something new to torment Kyo about, begins to tease him. <laughs> Kyo grabs the script and stomps off, and Toru chases after him, and is like, but if you take my script, I can't learn my lines. <laughs> Don't read in this house, he says. And another thing, you can't tell Shisho, got it? All right, she says, looking away. Somehow <laughs> determinedly, though. <laughs> Look me in the eye and say it, Kyo says, and Toru turns with a determined glint in her eyes, and then lunges at him for the script with a, yeah! Kyo, however, lifts it out of her reach with a superior, perhaps cat-like reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> she tries again and again, each time with a, yeah, for power, but he's able to keep it away from her. Not quite, he says, and smiles as Toru, at Toru's adorably determined and flustered expression. I won't lose, she says. Why hide it? I'm the mean stepsister. You're not the one being mean, he says, <laughs> bonking her on the head with the script. 
And how old are we turning this year, Yuki says, catching them off guard as he arrives home. <laughs> Not to interrupt, but might I have the pleasure of entering my home, Kyo-sama the Dim? <laughs> Kyo wants to know how long he's been standing there, and he's like, how long indeed? <laughs> Toru welcomes him home, and he returns uh, the greeting with a relaxed smile. Shuri uh, comes to the hallway and calls to her because in the commotion, a pot has started to overboil, and so Toru goes off to take care of it. Kyo turns and grumps off upstairs, embarrassed that Yuki saw him being adorable with Toru. <laughs> Kyo... Yuki says, and he's like, what? About that hat? Honda-san has it now. You won't mind if I don't give it back, will you? He says. Kyo is kind of shocked. Toru turns and tells him dinner's ready, and Kyo says that he'll eat later and climbs up the stairs. I guess he's not ready to judge up that bit of the past, Yuki says, and Toru's like, what? (laughs) But he better shape up soon, Yuki says to her. I don't want any trouble. The person dear to me, the person I so admired, she gave me exactly what I needed. She's precious to me, Yuki thinks, and takes Toru by the hand into the dining room. I want you to be happy, you more than anyone. I'm sure that one day you can find your own proof. You'll do it your way, the place where you can sulk or get angry if you need to. Toru looks back after Kyo, who's, who we see standing upstairs looking at his hands. Yuki's thoughts continue, one day, and when the day comes, I should be able to tell you. I'll confess how I feel and finally thank you. Sitting at the table, Yuki and Toru converse and Toru smiles. Sometime later, Ayame makes a call to our dear Union. I have heard Yuki, a voice booms. <laughs> More precisely, I have read. I was informed by Blackcoon, my loyal email companion. So your class will be performing a play at the cultural festival? No, 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 Yuki. You needn't speak. I understand. There's no need to request the costumes. I can visualize it already. I shall exercise my skills so that my beloved little brother can sparkle more brightly than anyone on stage. How many times will you be changing outfits, Yuki? <laughs> it's not a wedding, Nissan, Yuki grumps. Well, now and Kakiru fix the door in the background. <laughs> we close on Yuki's thoughts over clasped hands. I'll confess how I feel and finally thank you. Clearly. Directly. That's the end. <laughs> we finally made it! <laughs> <laughs> We got to do some Ayame at the end. Oh, yeah. That's why I had this tea before we recorded. (laughs) I was like, I'll be screaming a lot today. (laughs) I did a pretty good job. I only messed up his dialogue one time. Nobody will have heard that, though, because I will have cut in the thing that I fixed. So it's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's the magic of editing. (laughs) That was some chapters. How about them chapters? (laughs) There are... A lot of references in these chapters mm-hmm. and at first i had them all written in my like summary to stop every time and then i was like no no yeah i'm gonna save this for later <laughs> would you like to hear all of them <laughs> sure it's a rhetorical question i mean <laughs> it's like no absolutely <laughs> so okido okido painting the walls this was referenced a couple of times in the past most recently in chapter 83 and then before that in chapter 20 so we definitely talked about it in the spoilers last time, but now it's finally been revealed that Akito had this moment in time where he was mean, but then he got extra mean mm-hmm. and like kind of snapped. And this is the time that Yuki remembers when they were children. Mm-hmm. Also in chapter 84, in the same chapter, there's Yuki's inner monologue. The, the, there was something that I wanted, which we had seen a mm-hmm. long time ago. That was in chapter 19. Yeah. From when they played badminton together. Yeah. (laughs) Or like Hana just stands there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In chapter 85, there's the scene, he says, um, you're like that sky both near and far away when he's talking about Toru, which was referenced in chapter 59. It's like the end. He, I think in that chapter he says like, you're like that sky. And then it kind of like trails off. Like it's the end around the end of the chapter. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like he finally finished his thought. <laughs> yeah. In what way she's like the sky. <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, this was in the beach. It was in our episode 30. I think it's when they kiss. I think it's when he kisses her forehead, rather. That's what mm-hmm. I meant to say. Uh, chapter 86, at the beginning. There's a reference to um, when she was... In the beginning, he just saw her as just a classmate or whatever. Which I think he says... It's, it's a reference to... Um, there's a time earlier where he has a similar like inner monologue. I think it might have been when she went home to her grandfather. He's like, at first I thought mm-hmm. she was just a. Cl- oh no no no! Actually, it's when it's when they visit her mom's grave. I just remembered now. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's like, I just saw her like just as a classmate. Like he kind of relives this same like series of moments, mm-hmm. um, that happened since then. So that happened earlier. There's also a reference to Toru saying, "Please still be my friend," which was in chapter. Wait for it. Two. <laughs> so early in the series. <laughs> Something that she did really early on that made a huge impact for him on him, which is great. Most of the memories that he has of her are like references references to back to really early things that happened in the series, like helping him protect the garden and whatnot. Yeah. He also explained the lid. So we talked <laughs> many times about the lid, opening the lid, closing the lid, keeping the lid closed, etc. etc. <laughs> yeah. But he said, I had to put a lid on the feelings that I had about her being, seeing her like my, uh, like a mother. So he finally explains that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was mostly referenced during the beach arc. And then also he references, he remembers Haru saying, are you leaving the nest? Which was also during the beach, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. I think. It might have been right after, now that I think about it. It's one of the times that Yuki cries and talks to Haru. <laughs> I forget exactly. <laughs> must have been right after. It's fine. Everything's fine. Those are all mm-hmm. of the ones that I found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just interesting. Like, I feel like this is really a combination of all the things that have happened up to now with Yuki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like we don't really learn anything new in this chapter. We just get like details on stuff we've had mentioned in the past. Yeah. It clarifies a lot of things. Yeah. And get like, you know, Yuki's feelings from those times and his like thoughts on them looking back now. So. Yeah. I like it. It's interesting that he's like, oh, I tried to, I saw so I, I was confused by my feelings, so I tried to talk to Toru the way that boys talk to girls or whatever, mm-hmm. which is like, <laughs> it makes sense why it's so like awkward yeah. during that Yeah, period. we talked about that a bit at the time in spoilers about how like For it sure. seemed like he was like right after that time where we now know he like had that thought and like realized what his feelings were. He went like super hard into the <laughs> trying to flirt thing. <laughs> yeah. For a little For while. For a little while. Yeah. And then he kind of stopped at the beach, I think. Yeah. Or like after the beach. After Akito was like, I know what you're looking for in Toru Honda, which we saw last mm-hmm. time, I think. Yeah, even episode. up to that point, he'd not been as weird about it. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, if you were confused, if you had read up to the chapter that we read last time, and you were confused about Yuki's feelings about why he thinks of her, or like how he thinks of her as being like a mother or whatever, I feel like he pretty explains it pretty clearly. Like he goes to great lengths to explain to Kakiru. Mm-hmm that he needed what he need was looking for in a in a person and how he feels about Toru. Yeah. Even though Kakiru kind of like continues to probe him like are you sure like mm-hmm. so you don't see her as just like a girl like someone a member of the opposite sex or whatever. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you could like her and he's like no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So and he also clearly explained I mean like it's, I think we've seen and we've probably talked about a lot of times how Yuki tries to enable Kyo and Toru's relationship and he also like really clearly was like you can see it when he looks at Kyo, when Kyo looks at her mm-hmm. and when she looks at him and she doesn't do that with anybody else 
Yeah. So he kind of added another sort of layer onto how he, what we've seen him, the way that we've seen him behave so far. Mm-hmm. Anyway, those are my hot takes. That's not really a hot take. <laughs> That's <laughs> my objective descriptions of what happened in this chapter. <laughs> yeah. Is this the first time we've seen baby Akito? Um, Can't really remember. Mm, um, well, we saw baby Akito when Kyo transformed. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. This is the most we've seen of Baby Akito, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. <laughs> you know the Shigure chapter where he's like, he has the dream? Yeah. Is Akito in that as a child? I don't think we actually see him. I think we just have that little, it's like... Shigure and Hattori and... Yeah, that little, like, memory that kind of frames the thing, which we now kind of know a little bit what was going on since they're talking about the... Uh, the bond. The bond and all the Zodiac members crying when they met Akito. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely not a lot. I think just a mm-hmm. little. Yeah, we usually see like Akito being mean to Yuki like in the in the present. Yeah. And I don't think there's even a thing of like. Well, there's like a little bit of Haru being abused by Akito, saying that he's dumb as a little kid. I think in his backstory. Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, I think we we definitely get to see a lot about Akito's kind of like lifestyle as a child. I think. Which yeah. Is interesting to me. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah. Especially like. Like, before we see, like, Akito kind of snap, like, mm-hmm. he's kind of act- acting just like a normal kid. Like, he's just, like, chatting with Yuki and, like, hanging reading out. and playing. and Hanging yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, hanging out. <laughs> yeah, and, like, even when we see that, like, Akito had a bad temper, but it was different how it is now. We see, like, he kind of, like, snaps and, like, knocks over the dish, but then he, like, turns it back over and hands it to Yuki again. Like, yeah. you kind of, like, realize, like, oh, that was mean. <laughs> I think he's just kind of like a, you know, like, kids don't have good control of their emotions. Yeah. So, yeah. Temperamental kid who had a lot of power and therefore wasn't, yeah, wasn't disciplined, disciplined in any way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Had everything sort of, was pampered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any expectations um, yeah. put on him. Yeah, it seems like kind of a spoiled kid mm-hmm. until that time. Yeah. And I think that during that time when he snaps, you kind of get the impression that he was pretty isolated too. Mm-hmm. It's like he's even talking about like, it's like, I'm here because I have to be, and mm-hmm. the fact that, like, Yuki's, like, yeah. seems to be his only companion constantly. Yeah, like, Akito, they're both, in the scene where they're at the banquet, it's like Akito and Yuki together, and then everybody else is kind of separate. Yeah. And it looks seems like Akito, like, Yuki says they weren't, they never went outside. It seems like Akito was just kept in the house. Like, I don't think Akito went to school. It's not very clear. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but probably not. <laughs> I mean, I just, like, it's contrasted with Yuki Yuki goes to elementary school, and you would think mm-hmm. that Akito would be in school. Like, I don't know. If, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they somehow, like, Akito seems to read a lot. Yeah, he probably had, like, private tutors or something. Maybe. Well, I guess they say that Akito's, like, physically weak, so maybe they were like, oh, he, like, yeah, has to be homeschooled or whatever, but mm-hmm. I guess, like, beyond that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I never thought about it till this time, but I don't think Akito <laughs> went to school. Sorry, I'm just imagining this. <laughs> Just imagining a kid like Akito, like mixing with normal kids, and like, be like, you have to share with me because I'm God. <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> Can't make me stand in the corner. I'm God. <laughs> Akito, you have to clean the, like, pick up the crayons. And Akito's like, fuck no. <laughs> like, knocks him off the yeah. table. I'm God. I don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make a new, um, like, late-night TV series that's, like, yeah. 
if God was a dead five year old. It's like God. It's like God in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Akito, I mean, that would have probably changed a lot of Akito's like social issues if Akito had gone yeah. to school with other children. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Akito seems to be even more isolated than Yuki. Yuki gets to go, at least yeah. go to school. He goes to a school without any of the other somas, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Akito never leaves. He says that all the time he spent with Akito was inside. He like never went outside. All the times he goes out, he's like alone, basically. Yeah. It looks like I don't know the scene with where Shigure is holding Akito though. Shigure is wearing shoes, as if he was outside, which is kind of interesting. Too. Yeah, it looks like it's like on grass. Yeah, it is drawn with a little grass texture. Yeah. At his feet. Yeah, it, but it kind of looks like Akito. Like it looks like Yuki's like looking out the door, at them. Yeah. So not very far outside. I mean, he's probably just, like, around, like, the outside of the house. It looks like the house... We've seen all the scenes we've seen of the Soma house so far. Like, you know that there's, like, a huge garden and stuff. Yeah. Just outside the wall, you know, like, the porch thing, so... Also, like... (laughs) Sorry. Unrelated to that, there's a bunch of... Yuki... So, basically, Yuki's, like, information about the world is all from these, like, random conversations that he overheard from other people. Like, usually the maids... Mm -hmm. But also there's these two other random women who are like, oh, do you hear his parents are like super well off now because they're the parents of the rat? And I'm like, how many people know about the curse? I thought this was supposed to be like an inner circle of people. (laughs) I was kind of wondering if they were like other Zodiac parents. I don't know. It could be. Because we don't meet a lot of parents, so. (laughs) No. Could be. It definitely could be other other Zodiac parents. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what did Kakura's mom look like? We saw her briefly. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's her, but. Anyway, it's a possibility. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Haru's mom or something. Or Shigure's mom. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) There's, like, the doctors there, too. I wonder if that's Satori's dad. I don't know if that's a spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler because they never talk about it. It's actually in a note. It's in a side note. Yeah. Which might actually be in this volume. It's in this volume, actually, yeah. There's about Satori. It talks about his... um, like the oh, memory suppression technique being passed down. I don't know if it says that he was also a doctor, but probably just it says, it actually says, okay. So the, so if you have, you wouldn't have this if you have like the, uh, non Tokyo pop ones, but in, in the, chapter, Oh yeah, it says it. Yeah. It says he was a doctor in mm-hmm. chapter 85. It says you can't tell, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the doctor, the scene, so it's not, it's not stated in the text. It's in an author's note. So if you have a version without the author's note translated, then you wouldn't, see this but there's some extra information about Hattori that says that his um his both of his parents died of illnesses and it says that his father died of an illness when he was in high school so I guess this is before they're in high school and Yuki or like whatever at some point Yuki when Yuki is sick the doctor comes to visit him as Hattori's father and Hattori's father taught him the memory suppression technique yeah the note is over two panels so mm-hmm. I always found I this think we see... to be an interesting tidbit in the story that doesn't really yeah. get talked about very much. Like, we see the flashback of uh, Hattori suppressing Yuki's friend's memories again, and he looks like, we think we decided he looked like he was in, like, a middle school uniform yeah. at that time. It could be that. It could be that. Yeah, the memory suppression technique was passed down from his father. It's similar to hypnosis. Hattori doesn't specifically have to be the one who suppresses memories, but his family is the one that hands down the technique. It says he enjoys smoking and can hold his liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, yeah. He's lazy when, in some respects when he undresses. For example, he tends to l- leave his clothes lying around. When he was in high school, he was he was fairly popular with the uh, students from the girls' school next door. All three of the Mabudachi trio were popular in that regard. 
<laughs> Hattori didn't date anyone. Hattori didn't anyway. <laughs> At this moment um, in time, he's forming a friendship with Mayu Chano, though. That doesn't mean they still don't argue from time to time. And obviously, Hattori's still got issues to work through. So <laughs> that is the full note about Hattori. I'm glad we can actually talk about this. Because <laughs> it it's not going to come up again, any yeah. of that information. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the doctor who treated Yuki was Hattori's father. And then, yeah, we saw the scene later again when Yuki, when Hattori released, uh, erased Yuki's friend's memories, which is sad. Yeah. I can't remember. Did that happen before or after Momiji's mom? Because mm. there's, there's a little panel of, like, Momiji and Hattori during the banquet, right. which kind of made me go, like, oh, I wonder if that was before or after. Um, Let me look at the banquet and see how old Momiji is and see if we can guess. Because Momiji is teeny tiny when his mom's memories were erased. Yeah, he's pretty small, but... But he wouldn't be... He has, like, a backpack on, like, he's going to school, too. Yeah. Unless he's going to a different, like, a junior kindergarten or something. Junior whatever, elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, right after Akito's painting spell has the little glimpse of the banquet. And, mm-hmm. like, the first panel has Hattori and Momiji and Kagura, I think. Yeah. I think it's Kagura. <laughs> Rin isn't in any of these memories, I noticed. She actually is. Oh, she is? Um, in the one with the... Oh, there she is. What's Shigure? Yeah, the first panel with... Ayame and Shigure, you yeah. got baby Rin there, which is kind of interesting, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Michi looks pretty young, but Hattori has a little sweat drop, so I wonder, mm-hmm. and he looks concerned, yeah. so I wonder yeah, why. Kind of, it made me think of that. I was like, I wonder if this is like... He's just like, oh, after no. After that, and he's like, yeah. why did, yeah, he's like, why doesn't this child hate me? <laughs> Hattori's also wearing the dance... It looks like he's wearing the, like, dance outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, he has, it has, like, a little fancy tie on whatever he's wearing that you can yeah. see. So maybe he was the one dancing. So who else would have danced? I think it's Satori and Momiji in one direction, but I can't remember the other direction. <laughs> Internet. I don't, I don't remember the order of the Zodiac <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> I just remember it's the rat and then the ox, and then everybody else. Yeah. Oops. Mm-hmm. I just... Okay, here we go. Um, Rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake. Okay. Ayame? Yeah. Um... It could be Ayami could, could be, be wearing something. Tell, yeah. yeah. I mean his outfits are usually pretty gaudy anyway. But it's also yeah, mostly it's hard to tell with Ayame, but... yeah. it's mostly cut off by a text block, which is why it's hard to mm-hmm. tell. <laughs> Tori dancing with Ayame is like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. I love their like glare these like Shigure and Ayame like look over at Yuki while he's sitting at the banquet and they have these like cra- mm-hmm. like crazy like kind of like glares like they're obviously like talking about him or whatever (laughs) it's not clear exactly but i really like that panel it's real harsh yeah maybe yuki like sweats i'm like i agree (laughs) i feel like (laughs) i feel like shigeru probably said like something something about your brother and ayami's like who (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) it's really sad that yuki refers to him as like the boy that's my brother or something like that yeah. it's like oh no mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know if it i think i don't know it's hard to tell if it's around the same time it could i i want to say that it's after yeah, i'm not sure i feel like he was like five-ish or something because like he obviously remembers it and like i think he was old enough to kind of know what was going on yeah that's true but yeah this is a lot over just one tiny little panel but it just made me think of it <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's interesting that we get to see little glimpses of, like, the before the series started, which I always think is kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, all the little panels, like, we got the ones at the banquet of them interacting, and then the one that where Yuki sees 
them walk into school. Looks like Kyo is like showing Haru the way to go because he gets lost, <laughs> and like Momiji comes up and is like hanging off of Kyo, and Kyo is looking grumpy at Momiji. Yep. Yeah. And then Kagura comes. Yeah. And <laughs> hug Kyo. It's cute. It's adorable. It's like, like not much has changed. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was adorable, and you poor Yuki is like. I want that and then yeah. in the car and you're like and his mom's like sit down I'm like oh so yeah. depressing <laughs> we talked about Shigeru we talked about the other little kids it is interesting that Rin is sitting with with Shigeru and like Ayame instead of the mm-hmm. other kids yeah he looks uh, a little isolated even then because it looks like he's on the other side of Akito oh so he was it was like Kareno, Akito and Yuki yeah, at least it kind of looks like that. You don't see him sitting, but like we, see, there's a panel of Akito looking the other way, mm-hmm. and like Kareno is over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. Kareno seems to be beside Akito. Mm-hmm. So it's like the three of them, and then everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> some party. Yeah. Whoa! So exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like all family parties. <laughs> yeah. With your cousins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although it seems like everybody's having a good time except for Yuki, Akito, and yeah. <laughs> Kareno. <laughs> Although Kareno's mm-hmm. kind of smiling. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a this is fine smile. Mm-hmm. He's like trying too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, Akito, great party. And Akito's like, fuck you. <laughs> this world is black. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like, okay, nice talking to you. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Yuki's just sweating. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh through the pain. I'm laughing and I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just interesting that like there's you get to see those times from the the past that we don't really and it it is interesting how it shows the kind of relationships that we're still seeing today. Mm-hmm. Most obviously with uh, Kyo, like Momiji, Kagura, and Hataru, but then mm-hmm. with the others too. And we get to see the foundation of the Kyo and Yuki. <laughs> yes. Uh, relationship question, question mark, mark. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki goes outside and he's like wow his hair is so pretty and then he's like hey and then Kyo's like you. I hate you yeah I know oh. yeah. <laughs> it's so sad it is <laughs> Yuki's like oh I'm about to have a chance to talk to someone else and then Kyo just yeah. yells at him and runs away mm-hmm. then Yuki goes to talk to his mom and his mom slaps him yeah, and it's so depressing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, we get to see the foundation of their like relationship question mark for sure. Yeah, and we get like you know it's always been heavily hinted that they have like some mutual like jealousy, wanting to be each other. Yes, that leads to their hatred, and now it's just Yuki's outright stated it. It's like yeah, he's like I was jealous of his relationships with other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like I wanted to be his friend, but then everything got all twisted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Turned into jealousy, jealousy. and hatred. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually really liked that line. Oh no, wait, I'm going to find it. Yeah, he says, "Hope turned to despair, and aspiration turned to jealousy," which is nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's interesting. We get this. He he. So he admits like several things to Kakeru. One is about mm-hmm. his past, like about being isolated and being taken away from his family. One is about Kyo, where he's like, "I just wanted him. I wanted him to be my friend. I wanted to be loved." And then one is mm-hmm. about Toru. So. Yeah, he he get, he gets a lot of like, gets a lot off his chest in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Why do I feel so good?" It's like because you told yeah. someone about your pains. <laughs> yeah, because like you vomited up like fifteen years of trauma. Yeah, on a nice person who's listening to you. 
Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. We get to see, I think it's, it's well illustrated the way that their relationship evolves. Like it's not just mm-hmm. one-sided. Like it's not like Kyo just being like, I hate you and that's it. And then you keep being yeah upset about that. It's like Yuki tries to be his friend. He tries to be nice to Kyo multiple times. He tried to give him the hat yeah. back and Kyo was just like, bug off and then left. Um, yeah. And he... And it's neat to see, like, yeah, now we see both sides of it. Because, like, you, we've seen kind of from Kyo's perspective. And, like, yeah, you can totally understand why Kyo resented for sure Yuki and what Yuki seemed to have growing up. And now you can totally see why Yuki would be jealous of what Kyo had growing up. Yeah. Kyo has a family. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kyo has Shisho. Mm-hmm. In his line... Yeah, Kyo had a, has yeah. a dad who cares about him. And, Kyo has friends. You know, had, had some friends with some of the other Zodiac members. Yeah, he was able to go outside mm-hmm. and, like, talk to other people. <laughs> Once, yeah. Ki- once Shisho took him outside of the family. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> I guess that's a caveat on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, Kyo, and it, I don't know. It just also really actually kind of illustrates their fundamental differences. their different personalities where Kyo holds on to those things about specifically about Yuki that are, that, you know, like remain keep their relationship sour whereas Yuki kept trying and trying to be friends with him over and over again Yuki's mm-hmm. always trying to be <laughs> he's always hopeful he, he comes out a lot in this chapter in his his narration as well where he's like I don't want the darkness to overcome me I tried but I failed as a child to do this mm-hmm. um and like he's still trying to work through that so it's interesting yeah yeah Kyo on the other hand holds mm-hmm. on to the anger and then suppresses any positive feelings that could be <laughs> coming from yeah. any relationship that he has with Yuki. I can't remember what chapter we saw that in, but he actively was they were, Yuki was like being nice and then Kyo kind of freaked out. What was it? I don't know if I'm thinking the same thing, but like uh, back in the chapter when Haru was introduced, when Yuki got sick in class and we had mm. like where it looked like Kyo was kind of worrying and then like mm-hmm. not knowing how to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. But. I wasn't thinking of that, but that is also one. I was thinking mm-hmm. of something from later where yeah. they're like at school, but I I just can't. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That is a good, also a good one. He just mm-hmm. like can't, he can't, he tries not to think about Yuki in any other way other than the way that he yeah. hates him, you know, <laughs> that he's a mm-hmm. bad person for whatever reason. Yeah. And we finally got to see the other side of the hat story. So we've yep. known for a long time that it was <laughs> Yuki's hat. Full... <laughs> Now we've seen everything. (laughs) The omnipotent hat reveal. (laughs) So Toru, like Toru gave us her sort of half of the story where she got lost. And then a boy, Mm -hmm. she followed a boy who led her home, but she didn't see who he was, didn't see his face. And then he was gone. Mm -hmm. It turned out that it was Yuki, of course, which we know. Yeah. And then we finally got to see what was going on. So he had been really sick Mm -hmm. and he was feeling really weak. And then he decided to, for whatever reason, it's not very clear. I think not even to him. He gives like some possible reasons in his narration, but he runs Mm -hmm. away and he's like, I just ran for a while until I got lost. And then I, and then he runs into Kyoko (laughs) (laughs) and uh, he, he had seen Toru. So he goes back to find her and then Toru follows him and he leads her home. And it was the first time that he mm-hmm. felt like needed by somebody, like his existence meant something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than Akito being yeah, like, was... I'm, I need you and I'm the only one who cares about you. Yeah. And that comes right after, like, it's almost like, it's like he was almost feeling suicidal, like. Yeah, it at seems that like. moment, like, mm-hmm, which like, in like, child vocabulary. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, maybe I would, yeah, yeah like, maybe like, the world would be better maybe, off, maybe yeah, he like, would be happy if, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's like maybe the only useful thing I can do is disappear. Like Yes. It's so it's depressing. Horrifying. It is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean Akito yeah, he was like, if my world is so black and awful, then why why be in it? Like uh, uh, I mean, Akito was instrumental in sort of, you know, abusing him into feeling like this. Yeah. So And then like yeah, and then he like helped Toru and was like, Oh, I'm not like worthless. Like mm-hmm. my existence helps somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how Yuki he's like, I couldn't just give up. Like, I'm bad at giving mm-hmm. up. I'm actually really yeah. bad at giving up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he I think in his his sort of core of his character, he believes that there's something better. Even Akito couldn't fully stamp that out. Yeah, like I think that's kinda like what that was, like when he like decides to just go run off for like reasons he can't articulate. That's the part of him going like, "No, this is he's wrong." <laughs> like, yeah, I think we saw in the beach that he really started to actively go against Akito. But I think what's interesting to learn from these chapters is that he always felt like that. Like he always, mm-hmm. I feel like something in his, in his core, <laughs> always disagreed with what Akito was trying to, the lies that yeah. Akito was trying to perpetuate with him. Yeah, I really love the um. The panels at the end after he comes back, mm-hmm. like all like you know sick and sweating and stuff, yeah. and you see like baby Akito looking like really ticked off. He's so pissed off. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Because I think he can tell he doesn't have that he's lost like a little bit of that control mm-hmm. that he's exerting over Yuki. It's crazy that I feel like it's so crazy that a Akito acts like an adult as a tiny child, mm-hmm. like Akito from is like super manipulative with yuki i find it very scary and interesting yeah like how did akito learn to be so (laughs) manipulative Mm -hmm. yeah it's one of those things where like like seeing that kind of like horrible abusive behavior from an adult is one thing but seeing it from a kid makes you kind of look at it another way because it's like kids don't act like that in a vacuum no like (laughs) and even yuki says like akito was like this like kind of like a normal temperamental child and then completely like changed mm-hmm. and became the I think the Akito that we know <laughs> yeah today and love question mark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know and fear <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't hate Akito <laughs> no <laughs> but also <laughs> that, also that comes from terrifying. later yeah Akito's yeah. terrifying <laughs> yeah also Akito's terrifying <laughs> But yeah, especially especially seeing, like, kid Akito be just as sort of, like, manipulative and abusive mm-hmm. as later Akito that we've seen. And just as, unst- like, unstable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Slash terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder if there's more we can say about Akito. I mean, just, well, we saw Akito and Shigeru. That was really the only, like, weak moment that we saw. Yeah. And also just, like... The things he's saying in the scene that he snaps is very uh, representative of his insecurities. Yeah, give us a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, that scene where his eyes change, like when he says, "Like, yes, we're always together, so you have to be black too. We have to be the same to be fair." And then, like, some of his eyes just change. He's like, "No, we can't be the same." <laughs> yeah, that would make me unnecessary. Like, basically, like I have to be <laughs> more important than you. Be more important, different, and needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like in that moment, Akito's whole like just narrative about their relationship changes like at first it was all like we're both special you're the red so you're special too Mm -hmm. and then it gets warped 
I'm here because I have to be. I'm not I'm not the same as you. Mm-hmm. It's like Akito forms this, and then Akito is like, oh, your mom, your mother, like gave you to me, and all this other stuff, and then starts to form this sort of like narrative that then underlines all of Yuki's issues from all the mm-hmm. from this point forward until like the beach. Like yeah. you're not needed. You're boring. Nobody cares about you. You've been abandoned. Mm-hmm. So, and then we see those get repeated throughout the rest of these like things in the way that they kind of like tainted his childhood, basically. Yeah, and we've seen some of this in like other flashbacks and stuff, like in, especially the um, "Don't misunderstand." Yeah, from Akito, we've seen a couple of times, and even in the present, it's like Akito's story hasn't changed. Yeah, we kind of. I feel like we talked about this during the beach, where we like Akito has Akito has like a narrative that he tries to push on the Zodiac, like each of them. Mm-hmm. So with Yuki, it's like these things, like you're you're not, you know, <laughs> you were abandoned. The world is black. Don't misunderstand and think that you can be saved. You need me. You know, you're boring. All of these things. Yeah. With Haru, mm-hmm. it was like, uh, you know, you're stupid. And yeah. With others, we've seen a variety of different treatments. Like mm-hmm. Rin also saying Rin isn't needed. Um, yeah. In the last last time we saw it. Or, no. It was a couple chapters ago. Yeah. I think that's kind of... I don't know. I'm not, like... I don't know that much about, like, abuse or, like, cults. But I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting that Akito ha- picks a specific story and then sticks with it. And then, of course, we saw at the beach that that's all, yeah. like, kind of falling apart. Like, they're starting to realize... If they're isolated, that works. But when the mm-hmm. Junishi start to kind of, like, come together... And get to know each other and have social yeah. support structure other than just Akito, then mm-hmm. they start to see that that's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that a lot during the beach arc when we were talking about how like Akito still thinks he's got the same control over all these people, mm-hmm. but like we've seen that it's obviously falling apart. Yeah, and we even had like way back when uh, Akito first like showed up in the series and like visited Yuki, and we had that little mm-hmm. scene where he's talking about like, oh, Yuki still fears me, which means I still have all the control over him, or whatever. <laughs> and everyone's like, not really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she goes like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the car after. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's everything we can say about Akito right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think that was a pretty, yeah. pretty decent deep dive on <laughs> baby Akito. <laughs> baby Akito is crazy. <laughs> Just as crazy yeah. as now. In summary. He's so cute, though. All the baby, all the baby summons are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, do they really make tiny, like, uh, like kimono or whatever that are exactly the same mm-hmm. as, like, Otakito, where it's now? <laughs> With the same yeah. little coat and everything? Like, little... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so wee. <laughs> They're all so wee. Even the teens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, baby Ayame and Shigure. And Tori's terrible teenage haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dark like his soul. <laughs> <laughs> bang side the pain that's what we talked about <laughs> should we talk about yuki and toru sure <laughs> i guess i mean i feel like well i i mean so it was revealed last week at the end of our last episode that why am i stumbling over so many words <laughs> yuki sees toru as his mother so then he has all this all of this like during the kind of second chapter that we read while he's talking to kakiru is all of this like string mm-hmm. of memories about her um and how he sort of how he felt about her and how that changed over time. And Kakuru also asks if he'll Yuki will ever tell her about the way that he feels. And he's like, well, not right now. I think it's kind of interesting that Yuki 
he's worried about sort of overwhelming Toru with his feelings. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if that's like, if he picks up on like what's going on with her. Cause we've seen her kind of, she's obviously struggling more and more <laughs> with her own mm-hmm. feelings recently. Yeah. I think we've seen like, I think we've seen some instances that he seems to realize that she's dealing with a lot right now. And if he doesn't realize like the exact depths of her. Yeah. Emotional issues, he re- least realizes that there's a lot on her plate right now. Yeah, it seems like mm-hmm. they he. I mean, he hasn't tried, you know, turned to her as much for like support recently. So yeah, maybe he's starting to see from sort of a different perspective now that he's not, you know, using it her as his emotional support all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love. Yeah, he's got other emotional support. Yeah, I was gonna say, I love how Kaku is like, what about me? So you can use me or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Now we can seamlessly transition to talk about Kakeru. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kakeru is great in this chapter. He listens mm-hmm. to Yuki very... Or, like, I guess in the series that we read at the end, he listens to Yuki yeah. very intently. Mm-hmm. And he does the thing where he kind of, like, breaks up the moment <laughs> when it gets too serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Like, even if he, like, he, like, asks him some questions, like, about his feelings and stuff, but he never, like, like mocks them or less or takes them lightly or anything. Mm-hmm. He obviously takes... Yuki's confessions here very seriously. Yeah, he's kind of in his own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's like, tell me more about that, basically. Yeah. Like, Kakeru, yeah, it's basically like good active listening skills. <laughs> yeah. Because like in the part where he's like asking about the like whole Toru thing, it's kind of like, like, is it just because you think you can't compete? Because you should if you <laughs> want to. <laughs> but then it's like, no, that's not it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's encouraging to fall in love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like little kind of like background detail that like yuki's first friends invited him to play soccer mm-hmm. and they're like kind of messing around with the soccer ball yeah. at the end of their conversation i also noticed that it's so lightly yeah. touched it's like it's just done with the lightest touch you mm-hmm. almost don't you could almost not notice <laughs> yeah yeah it's very sweet mm-hmm. i like that too i was like oh they're playing soccer and they played soccer yeah. before wow <laughs> it's the sport of friendship yeah if playing soccer well and by soccer you mean like hurling a ball as hard as you can at your friend's face then yeah isn't that how you play soccer Uh, i mean that's definitely how we play soccer as children probably (laughs) i've definitely been kicked in the face with soccer ball at least one time if not more it is the sport of friendship <laughs> like i would know as a sporty person yeah <laughs> go sports yeah that's it that's us <laughs> we're starting our expert sports podcast after this yeah <laughs> sports <laughs> yes yeah, coming soon we'll talk about soccer the sport of friendship <laughs> we can cover that like bowling anime or whatever we talked about that one time yeah. <laughs> I like how Kimi's also really nice, too. She usually plays this kind of mm-hmm. role of being kind of, like... I mean, she is the comic relief also in this chapter, mm-hmm. but she's kind of just, like, does a bunch of funny stuff and doesn't really do anything of substance, but at this time she was... She said she came to check on Yuki and whatever. So yeah. that was nice. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Yeah. It was very sweet. <laughs> I also love the detail how at the end they're fixing the door. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are they doing? Oh! <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that at first. I assumed they were like setting up for the play same. or something, but it was like, oh no. Yeah, same. I thought so too. And then I looked closer and I was like, oh, <laughs> it was really funny. That's why now so grumpy. Yeah. He's like, get off the phone and fix the door. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Yami is going to make all of the costumes for the play. I don't honestly don't remember, but I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's a nice little <laughs> touch at the end there. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. I like how he mm-hmm. also reveals that Kakeru emails him. <laughs> yeah. 
can you imagine how long Ayami's emails would be? Probably like <laughs> 500 words in email, or like whatever. How many little words. like star emojis and yeah. stuff would be in there? <laughs> it was the like 90s, so it's all like. I guess it'd be tildes. Yeah, tildes. <laughs> like, dearest like black 10 moon. exclamation marks. Yeah. And then like a, like a, he probably sends all those email like chain emails that are like, for this, <laughs> and you're like, love dreams will come true or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He probably also uses his, like, work email for his job. Yes. <laughs> so then the signature is, like, trust by Ayame. <laughs> oh, technology. I also loved how Yuki yeah. was like, I left it in my bag. And Kakuru's like, how yeah. could you not have your phone on you at all times? And I'm like, yeah. that's how it was. I like how after, like, not having a cell phone, like, two chapters ago, now Yuki's like, yours doesn't even have a camera. Yes. <laughs> But Kagari specifically told him to get a camera, and he doesn't even yeah. have one, which is also really funny to me. <laughs> See, we did get to laugh in these chapters. Yeah. <laughs> Just at the end. Yeah, they end on a nice high note. It's cute. It's great. Also, yeah, Yugi revealed all the things that were troubling him and can move forward from them appropriately. And he also says that he's looking, he wants to find the like a, a person that he can... Not only kind of like lean on, but someone who needs him just as much as he needs them, mm-hmm. which is very sweet. Yeah. It's a fine sentiment, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ayame holds the phone. How is he holding the phone? Hold on, I didn't even look. He's got like his arms crossed and is holding them. He looks like he's sitting like cross-legged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like holding it to the opposite ear of the <laughs> hand that he's holding it in. <laughs> he's not holding it on his shoulder and doing three things at the same time like me. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's just, he's sitting grandly. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And then Mine's leaning on a yardstick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you would need to have a yardstick in uh, a dress, like a clothing shop. I guess to measure the fabric originally. Uh, I guess if you're measuring like, it flat. Like big lengths of fabric. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a rolly thing, a tape measure. Yeah. <laughs> you know rolly thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Kyo and Toru? I mean... <laughs> yes, let's. I don't know. Is there more to say about Kakiru? I don't think so. He's just nice, and it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. He listened to Yuki seriously, and it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kyo and... So there's a little scene at the end with Kyo and Toru working at Toru. Mm-hmm. First of all, Toru starts off by talking to Shigure about how she's worried about her lines, which is hilarious. <laughs> I was like, is she sitting yeah. on the floor? Yeah, she's sitting on the floor in the kitchen. <laughs> And Shigure's like, oh, no, let me see. And he, like, wants to, like, yeah. immediately look at the script and then start teasing Kyo, which is hilarious. Yeah. I like the implication that she's, like, studying her lines while she's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's so many. <laughs> but yeah, the Kyo and Tori's interaction is super cute. It's adorable. Like, it's, like, kind of mutually teasing, which you don't see, a, like... <laughs> Toru. They're, like... Yeah, with her, like, not agreeing to not tell Shisho. Yes. <laughs> trying to grab the script from him. I don't know how to describe this face that she makes, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Where she, like, looks away and she's like, yes, I definitely won't yeah. tell him. And he's, like, looking yeah, me in the eyes. It's the facial that. equivalent of, like, crossing your fingers behind your back. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the face that I make when people ask me an awkward question. Where I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear my eyes <laughs> moving and yeah. shifty-eyeing in the background? <laughs> Yeah, I love her saying that like she's the mean stepsister, so she won't give up. <laughs> and then he's like, "You're not even the one being mean." Yeah, she's determined to change her life to be the mean stepsister. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just looking at the <laughs> the, the Japanese <laughs> version of that scene, where, and it's just really cute because it's like dot 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 dot, like almost the whole thing is dots, and it's just like all right. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yes, I love that face. It's so devious. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it made me chuckle. Yeah. But yeah, it's cute. It is kind of like mutually TC. And then she like tries to grab the paper and he like takes it away. And mm-hmm. I think she somewhat earnestly tries to grab the, <laughs> the script after that. <laughs> yeah. He bonks her on the head. It's cute. It's cute. Okay. Yeah. Real cute. It's, it's very charming. It is. <laughs> <laughs> then Yugi's like, this is so cute. Time to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so cute. I would like to come inside my house. <laughs> And then Kyo is like, I can't believe he saw me doing that. <laughs> it's so good. So embarrassed. Yeah. Like, stop being so dumb and flirty then, Kyo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Kyo because then there's the scene. So Yuki tells him about the hat, which he seems, like, really freaked out by. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting. I think it has more to do with, like, maybe how he feels about Toru rather than the hat itself. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe how he felt about Yuki. He yeah. seems really upset about it. I think it, it kind of seems like like in the same way uh, Yuki had mostly forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Like he had mostly kind of forgotten about it. And mm-hmm. then to have uh, you know, Yuki just be like, oh, by the way, <laughs> this thing from our past that we both been suppressing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just bring that up for you. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe's like, nope. <laughs> and <he's> like, straight- <laughs> runs away. <laughs> yes. It's okay. Mm-hmm. He will face all his problems eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a show show after all. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's just Yuki's been doing more to face all of his issues. Yeah. Whereas Kyo, ha- I don't think Kyo necessarily has yet. Yeah. It I seems. don't think he's, yeah. I think Kyo probably still feels like most things are pointless. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> so, whereas Yuki's like, I am actively trying to change myself and be a better person. <laughs> It's like, I want to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to waste what I have. Yeah. I want to be where the people are. <laughs> He's trying to become people, as we've talked about before. So. He's like, what do you call them again? Feet. <laughs> <laughs> then Hattori chimes in. Flipping your fans, you can't get too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> you made yourself laugh. I did. <laughs> anyway, listen. <laughs> yes, I made myself laugh. It's my number one hobby, really. <laughs> um. Okay, so they were cute. Everything mm-hmm. was good. We ended on a high note. Mm-hmm. Are there any things? Other things to discuss? That's most of it. Talked about baby Akito. Talked about mm-hmm. Yuki and Kyo. I should have been more specific when I was calling them Baby Yuki or Baby Baby Yuki. Or Baby Akito or Baby Baby Akito. (laughs) I feel like usually I call them Baby when they're in middle school and then Baby Baby when they're children. (laughs) So just say Tiny Baby for when they're tiny. (laughs) A Petit Baby. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so no? That's a no? (laughs) I think that's a no. (laughs) Okay. I I have two things that I wanted to talk about that are just... Well, wait, no, sorry. Three, two, I don't know. One is about just the overall sort of like visual language of this, these three chapters, because there are some new thing, things that we've seen before and things that are new. So the first thing that I noticed was like when Yuki meets Akito for the first time in his narration, 
dialogue boxes it switches from white to black so that he's like i was like hated and love or hated and loved or mm-hmm. whatever and like all this or loved and then hated whatever it says so he has these kind of like conflicting ideas about aikido or feelings about aikido which i also think is inherently interesting that we haven't talked about yet because i think it maybe shows something about this sort of like inherently positive and negative effect of the the bond that they mm-hmm. have or something yeah that even yuki felt as a child yeah i think it's kind of a good illustration of the whole like how like the bond but it being a, becoming a negative thing kind of aspect yeah. but like why do they cry is it because they're happy or is it something else like yeah is it just overwhelming it's probably a lot of feelings to feel i guess based yeah. on his narration but yeah i just and then of course like throughout the rest of these chapters it they, it makes use of the same takaya makes use of the same visual language for representing negative and positive thoughts to the point where even some of the scenes are like almost completely back black in the background and then it's like you see yuki isolated on a completely black background mm-hmm. like one of the really good ones i think is where he is having those like kind of suicidal almost thoughts where he's like in the closet and it transitions from one page to another with this like just a dark filled background and then akito's dialogue is like at the bottom so he's sitting in the closet there's like a series of panels on the right hand side and it's where he says my if my dark useless world is such a hated place then there really is no point to my existence but then he has Mm -hmm. he starts to remember akito's words or says well yuki are you gonna die and that's all and on just like on a black background it transitions into him running Mm -hmm. away which is really nice there's a lot of good kind of like yeah there's a lot of like crafted panels i think yeah there's a lot of like use of the like black panel with just a little thing on it yes because uh, which makes sense because yeah <laughs> it's depressing yeah the, <laughs> the like complete like isolation and worthlessness that yuki felt at the time mm-hmm. we even see it in like the very first page of the chapter yeah when he meets uh akito with it it's like his mother bringing him to akito yeah where it's just yeah. like almost entirely black even the characters are in shadow and then just the the white square of like the outside the world window. yeah yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. We have some repeated imagery that we've had before. So we have like the flower, like Akito's flower is mm-hmm. really prominently used. There's I can't remember which episode we talked about it, but we've talked about it before for sure. Yeah. Um, and also interestingly, this time there's spider webs. I don't think she's ever used spider webs in any other part of the <laughs> series that I could think of, but I think that it's an interesting choice. I don't have a lot to say about it. <laughs> Maybe we can figure out an interpretation of it but it's specifically in this the scenes where yuki is six so it's like at the beginning of chapter 85 yeah i mean there's the obvious like you know caught in akita's web kind of yeah true interpretation there there's also the i think there's kind of like a general connotation about spider spiders and spider webs as being a sort of like like a creation like a spider web is is crafted and created right so you have mm-hmm. that in a lot of stories and it's kind of like, maybe it's like the culmination of all these ideas that Akito has been crafting into a sort of a narrative about <laughs> about Yuki's existence, kind of building up, like all these bad things kind of building up. And of course, yeah, being caught. I don't know. Akito's web of lies. <gasps> <laughs> so much drama. <laughs> but yeah, it's really the only time, like there's a lot of kind of natural imagery, I, I guess is kind of how I would describe it broadly in this series there's also snow in these chapters like at the new year scene um but it's the only time we've really seen like spider web so i just thought it was interesting to call out mm-hmm. 
there's some um there's some maple leaves in these chapters too yeah which is starting to become a thing we saw a bunch of them at the on the class trip yeah it's overlaid prominently during his little like there's something that i wanted uh mm, that's what it is soliloquy i don't know <laughs> <laughs> monologue <laughs> yeah yeah, I think it's something. It's becoming associated with Yuki and like these specific feelings of like wanting to, wanting to feel connected to things and wanting to be needed and cared for. Mm-hmm. So, I just thought it was interesting that also we're building on that too. Oh yeah, I wrote in my notes something that I wanted narration. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like, pass me tried oh, to help smart. me and I still didn't get there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pass me tries to help me a lot and uh, <laughs> she's not very successful. <laughs> The other thing that I want to talk about is there's a couple things that are in the Japanese text that I looked up. I didn't want to bring them up earlier, but I wanted to talk about them now. So there's two things specifically that I think are interesting. So one is when Akito hugs baby Yuki and says, so in the the way that's translated in the Tokyo Pop is, we meet at last my vengeful little Yuki. The way that's translated in the Yen Press collector's edition one is, I think we meet again, my monster, my, yeah, my monster. I didn't copy it into my thing. I just read it. Mm-hmm. I sent you an, wait, I sent you a photo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Now I know. See, past me, did it again. And I can't read the kanji, <laughs> but I know the middle character is no. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> I am proud of you. <laughs> Genuinely. Uh, yeah. So he, Akito, in the, in the Yen Press version, Akito says, we finally meet my monster. And then what it says which I think is interesting, it might be interesting just to me, is, so in the Japanese it says we meet, it essentially says we meet, again, like my, and then it says so we, it says mono no ki and then it has clarifying furigana that says yuki, so mm. I did a whole deep dive on this, I was <laughs> like what the fuck is this, is it a pun? Because so you, it's the it's the ki, the last character is from Yuki's name, Yuki and then we had talked before about how the somas are possessed by mononoke. Mm-hmm. So it's um, so it's a pun. I think it's like Akito says, if it's what Akito actually says, and Akito doesn't say, it's kind of, okay, so here's what happened. So I went on a whole deep dive <laughs> to find out if this was a pun or if it's like a thing. And so I ended up reading a lot about Furigana, which is the, it it's the little characters beside a Japanese like kanji that tells you how to pronounce it or like what's being said. But sometimes apparently Furigana can also be used to clarify an idea, which actually happens later in these chapters um, when Yuki is talking about Toru being like a woman. It's very interesting to me Mm -hmm. as a person who's learning Japanese. So I think it's some kind of pun on Mononoke. And that's why one translation says like my vengeful little Yuki, like Mononoke is a vengeful spirit. And also why the other translation says my monster So anyway, Mm -hmm. I thought that was really an interesting note, and I think it's kind of intriguing, and I don't know how you would translate it any other way, (laughs) but I was like, oh, we're on page uh... three, and I'm already doing a deep dive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just um, rhythm of speech-wise, I like my eventual little Yuki, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My monster's kind of weird. Like, that's what Akito calls Kyo, and I think it's a completely different... a different meaning. Yeah, I was gonna say that, actually, that, like, the... The connotation that we usually get from monster is it's to do with Kyo specifically. So, yeah. So it doesn't seem. I thought it was weird to translate it that way personally when I mm-hmm. saw that in the, because like usually what happens yeah. is when I read these chapters, 
if I see something that pings my radar as being like something specific and interesting, like the fact that Akito goes out of his way to say this, a very specific thing. I was like, mm-hmm. I think he's not really described as vengeful. That's weird. I'm going to look at this. Yeah. So then I first I look mm-hmm. at the Yen Press one to see how it was translated. And then I look at the Japanese one. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's that's even weirder because he calls Akito mm-hmm. my monster. Or he calls Yuki my monster. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I thought that that was an interesting tidbit. Yeah. But it's not, I don't, yeah. it'd be difficult to translate. There's some stuff even like, <laughs> even like not knowing Japanese, but having read a lot of translated Japanese media, there's some stuff that you're yes. like, that was a difficult translation. <laughs> like, what do I do you with You kind of want to go and be like, I wonder what the original was, because that seems like yes. it was a difficult translation. <laughs> and now we can, which is great. Yeah. At least I can, which is nice. I still don't really know, like, I will be listening for this when we get to see this in the anime and see what Akito mm-hmm. says and see yeah, if it's like a pun I think that'll be interesting to see or like what I don't know or if they just like change the dialogue entirely but mm-hmm. anyway I thought it was an interesting it's an interesting use of language that you don't have in English yeah like where you can have a phrase and then something completely different to explain the connotation is very intriguing to me yeah <laughs> so so anyway that was interesting okay so that was one thing I have one other thing. Sorry, were you going to say something else about that? Oh, as I said, I've been like thinking about how far the second season is going to get in the oh yeah, I don't know manga recently. Yeah, I did wonder. I wonder if it will get to this point, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I was originally thinking, I was like, maybe they'll like the cli- they'll climax on the like god reveal, but we're almost at the beach. So beach. If if they spend the entire season at the beach, that would be funny. But I don't think it'll do that. <laughs> I feel like the beach could probably be how many you can get about two chapters an episode depending on how mm-hmm. it's cut based yeah. on what we've I seen think so far. It'd probably be probably at least three episodes at the beach, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be several. But I wouldn't expect an, an entire season. Yeah, <laughs> so. no. I, I wonder if I'm it'll like, like uh, what they're gonna end on this season. I don't know. I mean, it would make sense for it to be the god reveal because then you would get like kind of a three part. Like that's a that's yeah. So you have like the kyo, so you learn more about the curse, and then, well, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I think it makes sense as a big like season ending climax. I just don't know how the timeline will work out since we're like practically at the beach. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it could be a good mid series climax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about recently. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Since it's almost time. It's almost time. Summer's almost here. Summer's almost here. (laughs) It's the middle of February. (laughs) The end of February, I guess, (laughs) by the time this comes out. (laughs) It's okay. It'll be summer soon. I have a feeling big things are going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. It'll never stop being funny to me. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Literally, I think once a week you've texted me something about summer. (laughs) Or like something about Tumblr. I know, it's great. It's good. Okay, let me tell you about the other thing that I'm really excited about. Okay. So so there's so there's this line that seems very dull to me in, in Yuki's where he's like it's an interesting reveal, but it's like when Yuki says that Kyo the night that Kyo transformed, he he remembers thinking of Toru as having the form of a real woman. And I was like, Okay, well that's interesting. I'm gonna look at this too. Um and so I think it's more interesting the way that he says it in 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 Japanese because it uses the word form twice. And there's mm-hmm. something about comparing both of them that's really interesting to me. So what he says if I had to translate it myself, 
like more liter more in line with the way that he says it is like the night that he became the night that Kyo became that form her form was that of a woman so like he repeats the exactly the same word so the way that it's translated is like the night that Kyo transformed Toru had the form of a real woman or something like that mm-hmm. but when you actually kind of s- structure it so that he uses the same word it's inter- more interesting to me mm-hmm. it's like he changed and she changed yeah. at the same time which I I think is intriguing. Mm-hmm. I don't have more to say beyond that. I think he actually mm-hmm. goes on to further explain that. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, does he really further explain? He he actually stops and he's like, I wonder why I thought of her that way. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. And, and I also wonder that. Yeah. Is it because that's when I feel like. I don't know if it's spoilery to say, but I feel like this is the time when Toru's feelings start to Actually, I don't think it's spoiler to say. I think it's the time. That's the time when Toru's feelings start to develop for Kyo. Mm-hmm. It's very. It doesn't really come, become, you know, visible until later. But I think that when she's like, yeah. "No, I want him to stay," and I know that he won't come back unless I go find him. That's starting to relate to her idea of wanting to be close to him. Mm-hmm. So maybe what maybe that's what Yuki's seeing back then. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I could see it being, The way like, that she feels about another guy. <laughs> yeah, like, when he first started to realize that, like, the relationship he has with her is different from the relationship she has with Kyo. She has with Kyo. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, him realizing sense. why that is going on after that. So. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure it would take him a long time to untangle all those feelings, which we've yeah. seen. But, yeah. Anyway, I just literally, I thought that it was interesting how it's represented in the in the wording there that doesn't really translate to English, so... Yeah. Those things were exciting to me. That's all I wanted to say <laughs> about that. We haven't talked about Japanese in a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes things, a lot, sometimes I'll read it and I'll be like, yep, 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 yep. And sometimes something will really like raise a red flag. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, the keto thing was one for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm going to see what he says. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I want to see what Yuki says about Toru. This like, there's yeah. a very specific phrasing that's interesting to me where he's like, she had the look, she had the form of a woman. And it like it's repeated multiple times in that series, which is what I, or that that chapter, that discussion with Kakuya, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Specific phrases make yeah. me intrigued. It's neat that we now live in a world where you can go like, I wonder what the original Japanese it was at, and find it, and like <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I can go to Amazon and be like beep 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 boop, and then <laughs> two yeah. days later I get the. The edition mm-hmm. from Japan for yeah. like a very minimal price. Yeah. <laughs> or find someone who's uploaded the raws. <laughs> yeah. And well, and also I can just go to like three dictionary websites and be like beep beep boop boop. What yeah. does this mean? And then Google like what is a mononoke? And then and then like yeah. get very detailed answers relatively mm-hmm. quickly. Or like what is this like <laughs> these specific quotes, like what was the mnemonics for remembering Japanese history? Mm-hmm. and then get a bunch of information that's what yes that's the thing that makes the internet yes. great <laughs> mm-hmm. it's pretty much the only good thing about the internet i mean <laughs> and also we can do this podcast i guess that's yeah. pretty nice haha <laughs> 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 anyway hours of animal videos <laughs> so many gifts <laughs> all right good those are the only things that i wanted to say should we talk about spoilers sure okay good let's spoil some shit I mean, a lot of things were revealed. I don't, there's there's <laughs> yeah. some spoilers, but like, 
This is the culmination mm. of a lot of things that we probably talked about like 10,000 times in the spoilers. Yeah. As I mentioned, every <laughs> single one of those like references that were callbacks mm-hmm. to other times that we saw. So, yeah. yep. It was re- all was revealed about Yuki. And mm-hmm. now he can fully, I feel like he can finally move forward. <laughs> yep. He finally got everything off of his chest to Kakeru. Mm-hmm. And thus a new relationship will blossom between him and Kakeru. No, <laughs> <laughs> like only on AO3. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Alright, read that fanfic. Actually, I haven't. Someone write it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, good. Well, on that note, <laughs> thank you all for listening. We're going to talk about spoilers, but if you're not sticking around for spoilers, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. We're back. Yo. I, huh? I said yo. You? Oh, yo. <laughs> I was like, ew, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, the other day I looked for Rintoru fanfic and there was like, first, well, like just any in general, not even, like not necessarily not sexual or not, but there was, huh? Not even it's good. Not even yeah. good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, my standard was very low. I read all four of the ones that I could find on AO3. <laughs> and they were some, I would say some good, some okay. <laughs> or some just really short. Not necessarily bad. I was like, oh, that was one paragraph. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I guess I'll just need to write that fanfic too. Maybe when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hopeful for um, future seasons of the anime uh bringing some more fanfic of characters that weren't in the first season so the fanfic the first... we need and deserve yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> it's like my live clap emoji <laughs> <laughs> it's it good thanks <laughs> anyway you want to talk about spoilers <laughs> sure it's like spoiler kakiru and yuki never get together i mean <laughs> yeah tragically <laughs> yeah i know Unfortunately, there is a lot. You can read a lot into those comments where he's like, you really are a nice guy, Yuki. At least I thought. (laughs) Anyway, here are the spoilers. (laughs) Yes, spoilers. I included this in the spoilers, but I think it's important because like it hasn't been it hasn't been said yet that the I guess the inheriting the head title of the family head is like hereditary or whatever. But the Mm -hmm. maid was like, oh, the deceased head of the family would also be happy or whatever so akito's father's dead at this point which is interesting to see as well yeah or to know i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i wrote i just wrote akira in my spoilers because i think this is like the first real mention of him we got in the series Mm -hmm. which is interesting because yeah that's a big uh a big influence in akito's (laughs) akito-ness yeah (laughs) that's for sure Mm mm-hmm I think that's why, well, I mean, it's partially, that's why Akito is like, I have to be special. I'm needed or whatever, because mm-hmm. Akira was the one who told her that, all of that. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you I had, guess, yeah. Yeah, you had Akira on one side telling her that she's the most important person in the world, and then Red on the other side telling her she's worthless, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not going to fuck anybody up at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything makes sense in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then I guess at this point, the reason that Akito is upset and crying to Shigure is because Kureno, Kureno's curse broke. We talked about this in a couple, a spoiler episode, I think. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's what makes Akito snap. I'm not I sure so. if, like, 
she was just generally like you know moody at the time before that like when she says like possible when yuki says he saw her crying a few times yeah i don't know if it's like specifically like the same her, time so. yeah you know what i mean like it could just be have mm-hmm. been one time that shigure was there but yeah but yeah i think um you know speaking of akira i think uh you know it seems like that death was probably pretty recent like yeah, especially so. when we look at the future chapters and see about what akito's age was Mm-hmm. when her dad died so yeah like, she'd not probably much... be pretty upset about that still <laughs> probably not much mm-hmm. not much younger than they're shown at the beginning of this yeah chapters. and the fact that they're even talking about like oh the deceased former head would be happy too makes it seem like it's in recent memory seems like yeah i'm sure that yeah. influenced akito a lot at this time period mm-hmm. but it seemed like akito was like handling things okay by being like it's cool like we're friends you're special too just like me yeah <laughs> but yeah alas that didn't last <laughs> no <laughs> things got worse for everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally everyone <laughs> yeah except maybe that maid <laughs> <laughs> i was like that maid is there again <laughs> i wish she had a name <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say i was like i can't remember if she ever actually gets a name but she's like i think there might be a panel about them Mm-hmm. I really like these all these extra panels about the characters that we don't get to see a lot of, but I think it might just yeah. be one that's like generically about all the main house like staff. I don't think it's about her specifically. Yeah. So I don't think she ever gets a name. I think mm-hmm. we might have talked about this before. It feels like deja vu. Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's so recognizable. She's, yeah, she's very prominent for being basically a background character. Like, yeah, basically. She has a lot of like kind of background influence. Yeah, it seems like. And she's super pissed mm-hmm. off a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she clearly has an agenda. Like, background characters that are, like, true background characters are just kind of, like, there. But mm-hmm. she, like, she has a motivation. Like, she has, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. They have a moment. She has a moment with Akito later. So Yeah. Um, and I think others, but in this particular time. Mm-hmm. She's the caretaker of Yuki. Sick baby mm-hmm. Yuki. So we talked about the hat with mm-hmm. Kyo. And you said maybe there's, like, spoiler reasons for why he's upset about the hat. Yeah. You mean because of Kyoko? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess Toru... Did he hear the story? Or does he just know? Wait, did... No. I can't... I I can't remember. I can't remember. One of them... She definitely told Yuki yeah, about I think, the hat. I think Kyo overheard the story and Yuki just saw the hat in her room later. Mm-hmm. If I remember oh. correctly. That's, like, right before the beach. And then he goes and lays down in his room, and then Luigi is like, Kyo, wake up! <laughs> Go, We're going to the beach, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's that time. I think he heard... I think he knows. I think mm-hmm. he knows that... About the story, at least. I think Yeah, I think he overheard about the story, like, back when she was telling her friends. Like, mm-hmm. way back. But I don't know if he knows that it's his hat. Yeah. I don't think he knew until that until you just moment. told him. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. But Yuki, like, saw the hat in her room and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's that hat from that time. <laughs> the hat! <Yeah. laughs> you know the one. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like all has been revealed about the hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally. That's final bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think... does The hat doesn't get any other focus, does it? I don't think so. Just the they last... might get a passing mention here and there, but... This the is last, its last hurrah, I think. Yeah, the last hurrah of Hatson? Wow. <laughs> Should we sing taps? I mean... <laughs> That's, like, rude. I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> was 
never alive to begin with. <laughs> so just because I don't have plot relevance anymore. <laughs> You're dead to me. Don't you walk off screen and explode? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> what is that joke from? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, no. I bet it's from Shufa Faskin. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it is. <laughs> it's like, and then he walked away and exploded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I forgot that mm-hmm. that was in there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to meet that person. It's like, if you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. I mean, (laughs) it's not awkward at all. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Perfectly normal. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly normal human. (laughs) Uh, Basically, my my life is one reference to another. (laughs) So... It's like, if we reference funny things, that makes us funny, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's how we've gotten by in this podcast so far. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Except for the night school doctor. That was our, our original yeah. creation. And the night school lawyer. <laughs> so good. Anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. Hats on. Well, yes. I, don't, I don't think that there's any... I don't think the hat's going to be a prominent feature anymore. No. So just Kyo's suffering it. and pain. Yes. <laughs> it served its it did its duty well. Is that what you're gonna say? Yes, it, it served its purpose for eighty five traps um, for Yuki's character development and <laughs> leading Yuki to prod Kyo into his character development. Yeah. And yep. Toru's mm-hmm. I guess not really development. Maybe a little, but not really. <laughs> I do like I guess it's kind of a spoiler thing talking about. I do like how for like from this point forward Yuki's relationship with Kyo like noticeably changes, like mm-hmm. the way he interacts with Kyo. Yeah. Like, he becomes much more, like, straightforward with him and also, like, prodding him to, like, do better, basically. an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) He did call him a destructive idiot that one time, but that wasn't effective. (laughs) Yeah, it's much less, like, antagonistic for the sake of being antagonistic and more for the sake of, like, like, we can do better than this, both of us. (laughs) Yeah. I think it is interesting. That's, like, essentially the culmination of their, like, big argument. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do better. And like, I wanted to be you. And he's like, I yeah. wanted to be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got you these combs for your beautiful orange hair. <laughs> and it was like, I cut off my orange hair to give you this, whatever, fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> See, one reference to another. It's all my plan is coming together. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, it it's true. I think his... Yuki becomes like a you know a force for change in their relation in Kyoto's yeah. relationship, which is interesting. And he'll start to develop his own relationship with Machi, which we'll get to see very soon, and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. In the I think the like maple leaf we talked about it the symbolism a little bit, and I think it becomes kind of a symbol of like Yuki's, um, you know, Yuki gets his own kind of like symbol for his yeah. relationships, which is that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of like sort of a. a- positive change kind of symbol for yeah. Yuki, which like makes sense for falling leaves anyway. Yes. But Yes. I mean definitely that. But it's like it's <laughs> more yeah, the it context gets, is specifically like, Yuki. Yeah, it gets associated with Yuki in particular. Yeah. I thought that was nice. hmm Another spoiler is I mean Yuki obviously does tell Toru about his feelings about her much, much later. hmm And I think that that like <laughs> it looks kind of like a handshake. They kind of like shake hands, right? It's the same as um, mm-hmm. that's at the end of chapter eighty-seven. It's also like at the end of that scene where he tells her about how he feels about her. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it might even be exactly the same visual, but I'm not sure. Yeah. 
It's a reference yeah. that will come back later. Mm-hmm. Only, you know, 40 chapters from now or something. Yeah. I'm getting there. Such a long buildup. Mm-hmm. I can't believe there was, like, reference. Well, I mean, it's not like I can't, I can't believe. But, like, it's great that there's, like, this thread that's built up from chapter 2 to chapter 87. That's, like, all these things that made such a significant impact for Yuki. That's yeah. kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked seeing all the... All the flashbacks of yeah. uh, the Yuki and Toru scenes. I was like, aw. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, it's him sassing Shigure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's them protecting the secret base. Mm-hmm. I had one other thing. It was more like a comment, like something that made me think of it. I don't even know if it was deliberate, but uh, in the scene where Akito's, like, you know, taunting Yuki as he's, like, dying. Um, yeah. <laughs> when he's What's talking about. Um, Kyo's mother committing suicide and leaving a note and it's like the note specifically said like being with him became too painful mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of interesting like later on we find out that it was really more Kyo's father that drove his mother to suicide than Kyo himself mm-hmm. and so I just think it's kind of interesting that's like being with him became too painful it's like which him? <laughs> yeah good question <laughs> I think it's interesting that Akito says like oh it would hurt. his mom said it'd be easier maybe it would have been better if he'd been born the rat but i don't know that she actually said that or ever thought that yeah so, <laughs> like i'm sure akito's i mean i'm sure akito's using it to manipulate yuki but yeah it is interesting. that could be 100 percent an akito creation yeah i don't know i don't remember i just i don't think that that's what yeah. happened <laughs> although i don't mm-hmm. think we ever hear about that <laughs> yeah what, what i don't know exactly if they like done. what like note she left is ever brought up again i just know that like, or even if that's even true also <laughs> yeah i've <laughs> yeah, I know, like, Kyo, like, suddenly remembers that, like, his dad was saying awful things to her, but mm-hmm. much yeah, his later dad's on. dad's an asshole. Huge yeah. asshole. He's a super asshole. Maybe worse dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's up there. Yeah. <laughs> there's, some, there's some competition, but... Yeah, I don't know. Again, mm-hmm. not ranking tragedies against each other. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> mm, yeah, that'll be a good time. Yeah. So exciting. So great. <laughs> Something else to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's a good news. Spoilers. There's still more trauma to look forward to. <laughs> so much more trauma. <laughs> but on the upside, in the short term, we have Sword of Cinderella to look forward to. Yes. And I think everyone can be excited about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unequivocally. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all that I wanted to talk about. I think it'll be a short spoilery section. Yeah. It's been a short spoilery section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the only things I had. Okay, good. <laughs> so anyway, next time next time we're just doing chapter 87, then it'll be Sword of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. It's um, Sword of Cinderella prelude, if you right. will, <laughs> next, next episode. The, like, entre-act or whatever yes. they call it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sword of Cinderella the prequel. Yeah. Sword of Cinderella episode one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Return of Sword of Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, good. Made enough bad jokes for one night, so I think it's time to end. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, if you listened through all of that junk. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Every yeah, single one. I'm sure they did. Most of them, at least. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, it's Ellen. You probably just listened to us talk for, you know, an hour and a half about Faruba. 
If you want to send us a question, you can find us on Twitter at StayTogetherPod, on Tumblr at StayTogetherPodcast.tumblr.com, or you can send us an old-fashioned email at StayTogetherPodcast at gmail.com. Kayla and I want to keep creating podcasts and keep them ad-free, so if you like what you're listening to, please consider giving to our Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash StayTogetherNetwork. Thank you always for listening and for all your support. We'll see you next time.